Salutations, and welcome to the Trash Turtle Fantasy Podcast. Now, whether you've tuned in from Spotify, iTunes, maybe a tin can on a string, or maybe that guy on the bus seat across from you is broadcasting us over his speakerphone, I just want to thank you today for tuning in. Who are you actually? I, I've, I I've never seen you before. I know it's a it's a it's a new it's a new place. I don't even know who I am half the time anymore either. Um, I'm okay. Uh, getting better. Uh, how are you? Uh-huh. It's been a it's, it has been a while. Yeah, I mean, I'm good. I I know we both have uh, sort of been through pretty life changing, or I don't know if life changing, but life progressing events you you have moved uh quite far away from where you originally were and i have started my first kind of big kid job um <laughs> so we both have uh, sort of you know been growing a lot yeah <laughs> because of i'm sure those things uh and uh yeah i mean i've been i've been doing well I, i've been enjoying my, my new job that's for sure i know i like how as soon as we flicked on the camera to have this conversation even though it's virtually like wow i can actually like see you it's like a really nice camera now <laughs> it sounds better i can see more of the memorabilia in the background i like it it's a, it's it's nice yeah yeah got a new camera i'm pretty excited about it that's for sure <laughs> How's the how's the move been? Was the move good? Uh, the move itself was uh, very stressful. Uh, for mm-hmm. those for our listeners, uh, my wife and I bought a house in this crazy market. Um, it will remain to be seen if this was a good idea or a really bad idea. I'm hoping it was oh, neutral at best. Uh, but I am in the military and I was forced to move, and so that is why uh, we moved from Tennessee to North Carolina. Even though they touch, we moved to the literal opposite ends of either. So it was a pretty extensive, pretty long move. Um, but but we're, we're getting settled in. And I have spent pretty much every waking minute of my life since we moved in fixing stuff or cleaning stuff in the house. Mostly fixing stuff. Um, so Or changing stuff to my liking. So just yesterday, we took one of the bedrooms and I ripped all the carpet and pads and everything out of it. So uh, as I'm sure you're probably aware, if it wasn't muted for you, uh, um, Home and Garden has been lit up by me lately. I, for, for those of you that are listening that aren't in this Discord, um, yes, we have a Home and Garden channel. And yes, I've had it muted since the day it was created. I would like to also point out, I am pretty sure I'm the first person to ever have typed a message in that channel. And I think the first thing I said was another channel to mute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that that's exactly true. Uh, but how about you? How's your job going so far? Uh, it's great. You know, I'm really enjoying it. It's uh, it's it's different. Um, it's kind of in the field that I had planned to be in, so that's pretty exciting. Um, getting a lot of you know experience, and I think that's really important. So, been really enjoying it. That's for sure. So, I have to say, the one but, thing that I miss though is being able to uh, voice chat with you in the middle of the day. Sometimes that's the only thing. I oh miss. yeah. 
for those that don't know, and I'm sure most people in the Discord would know, but this started off as sort of the jokingly named walking pod, or these boots were made for walking, uh, or talking, I don't even remember, um, where I, over my lunch, because uh, I would leave at about noon from my previous position, and I would just sit in the Discord chat, and people just came in, and we'd talk. Um and so, yeah, that that's what it used to be. That was really fun. I still miss those days of talking to everybody. It, it felt more community, sort of. But I mean, I this it sort of evolved into this, and I'm really glad that that's this is where we are. But speaking of this, let, let's let's talk about you know off season plans before we really get into this episode. Um, so I think the goal for us right now is to do between one to two episodes a month in the off season. Yeah. Is that about right? I yeah, guess? that sounds yeah. right. Yeah. And then, so right now this episode is going to be talking about, you know, revamping our processes and sort of talking about what we used to do and what we're no longer doing, what we're adding to sort of replace that. Um, especially in prospect evaluation, you know, it's that time of the year. Oh yeah. Um, and then we're going to be doing an episode, you know, just focusing specifically on the NFL draft. This one, this we are not going to focus on prospects in this episode. This is just talking about what we think is important, how we're evaluating prospects, not the specific prospects themselves. Right. This is a purely process related episode. Um, Very. And um, then through- a lot of people tend to really want to know this type of information so they can help make decisions for themselves as opposed to just blindly going off of a list. And I know that I personally know that the process that I followed or looked at three, four years ago has been kind of faded in relevance in favor of many of the the refined processes here and uh boots has definitely been very much on the cutting edge of a lot of these new processes and metrics and whatnot so that's why this is going to be more or less him kind of explaining a lot of what's been happening while i've been busy moving and getting the house habitable habitable i guess and um, I will be asking questions, so I will be kind of assuming the role of the audience and those that are not have their face in Twitter most of the day or other Dynasty-related discords. So without further ado. Yeah, so uh, things that I've sort of dropped from the process, and I know if you were in the Discord, you know, debating any of these prospects with me, you're going to sit there and you'd be like, ha, I knew that was crap. I knew that wasn't good because, you know, uh, I didn't like it then and now he's not doing it. So I was right. Well, okay, whatever. Um, But I am... There's a reason I'm dropping these and they're being replaced by things that I think are more predictive. You're probably not going to like those either if you didn't like these Um, because these at times were very useful. But I'm going to be dropping Dominator rating completely, basically, from my process. I know that was a common one that I used to look back on, especially when evaluating wide receivers, that I really felt like that was a valuable tool. I can see what it was attempting to do, and the, the key thing is, is what I'm replacing it with is something that I think captures what Dominator attempts to do in a better and more predictive way. 
Um, that's sort of what I'm getting at here. Um, I think that just it as a single metric is, is pretty poor. And to be fair, all of these as single metrics are going to be poor. There's no one single metric you're going to look at and you're going to say, yeah, that's going to beat draft capital. You should look at all of these as a whole. Right. Um, so like early declare, uh, I know is, is a, is a big one. So, um, you know, you can't just look at like, Hey, this guy is, was not an early declare. So therefore he's not going to be any good kind of thing yeah i mean devonta smith's a good example of that you know he he was a really if i remember right his junior year production was pretty good i I can't remember um and then his senior year production was also really good he won a heisman his senior year um and so a key thing to look at when they're not early declaring is are they consistently getting better right are they getting better every year? So, like, I know I said I wasn't going to talk about specific prospects, but, like, Chris Olave did worse his senior year than he did in his junior year in the metrics that I care about. So that's a bad sign, right? It doesn't matter if they, you know, the counting stats, if they're receiving yards in general or higher. It's like, yeah, but they didn't do as well in the efficiency things that I'm looking at. But if you are a senior wide receiver and you did get better every year, okay, you didn't early declare, but at least you were getting better. Right. Um, okay, so... Another... If, if, uh, if, well, in this same vein, I want to throw in, I'm also not age-adjusting production anymore. Right, you're experience-adjusting now, right? Yes. No longer am I necessarily saying... Um, you know, production at 18 years old or production at 19 years old, which, you know, maybe your quote unquote breakout age, I would say more like breakout experience because effectively utilizing experience adjusted production, you're, you're capturing a little bit more in terms of those guys that maybe started college a year late, Mm -hmm. right? Or they, they got held back, you know, early in, or they joined preschool or kindergarten, whatever. They didn't hit the cutoff, you know what I'm saying? So suddenly from the age of, you know, eight years old or whatever, when you started, you know, when you started whatever school, I don't know. I don't have kids. Um, Yeah. uh, (laughs) So we, I know about this now because I do have a kid and she's going to miss her, this class by you know a month or something like that right because so she'll she'll end up being an older than all of her class exactly so, yes yep yeah. and so it, it's silly to sort of knock them at the age of you know six or whatever and say oh that person can never be <laughs> right. a phenomenal prospect it's like no in, instead let's compare by the year out of high school that's what campus to canton does so when i'm looking at charts i'm usually looking at campus to canton charts which are one one year out of high school two year out of high school and so on and so forth but um yeah just effectively comparing the actual year of school that they were in uh i find that to be I mean, there's a fair bit of data that basically says, hey, this is actually way better to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah that, that than makes looking sense. at. Yeah. Uh, I think it was, I, I've even posted in the analytics channel, I think it was uh, Anthony Amico of Establish the Run had uh, some great, if, if you don't know how to read, you know, uh, R charts, then don't worry about it. <laughs> um, but uh, there's some great stuff in there that he had posted that I then posted on in that channel talking about hey actually experience adjusting just makes so much more sense it's so much more productive and and and, in this year that's that's very you know when we've talked about it in the previous episodes when we were recording that 
it, it it's it's relevant this year because Trelon Burks was a year older. Yeah. So so yeah, let, and so got rid of that too. So let, let's let's back up a second like that. So uh-huh. what was wrong with Dominator rating? It, it's nothing that. <sighs> So Dominator rating, I just think, captured too much noise that I'm not entirely sure was in extremely important. Okay. Right? Um, and so the things that I'm replacing it with, I just think capture exactly what I care about. Okay. And Dominator rating had too much noise that these other things sort of don't deal with. Okay, so what are you replacing it with? Well, let, let, let me let me just throw one more that I am dropping. Okay. I am also dropping size to a lesser degree for the most prospects. The only prospects that I care about size for are tight ends and to a lesser degree running backs um, because running backs, it, it, for the most part, if you're drafted highly as a running back, you're the right size. Um, if you're not the right size, you're probably just not drafted highly. <laughs> Got it. I guess we, do sh- we should explicitly say that we are focusing this mainly on wide receivers. Yeah, I, I do have stuff written for every other prospect, like for quarterbacks, I you know, rushing efficiency, adjusted yards per attempt, two years performance conference, adjusting those things. But I know that you and I, we're, we're wide receiver guys, or at least I know I'm a big wide receiver guy. Right. So those are the things I like talking about. But you asked what I was replacing Dominator with. Um, and so I, I, I sort of just shifted, basically. Uh, and, and it's not to say Dominator's a bad stat. There's people that still use Dominator and find it to be successfully predictive, mm-hmm. right? And this is not to say that they're wrong. In fact, I think adjusted Dominator rating is not a bad stat. It's just not one that I particularly focus too much on. The ones that I care about, obviously, and we mentioned early declare, um, it's not a total killer to be a senior as long as you were showing consistent uh, improvement. Right. Mm-hmm. That's important. Consistent improvement year to year. That's that's what we really care about. Seeing that you're getting better and better. You start off really good, but you kept getting better. And ideally, you would have early declared because the NFL told you, hey, you're good enough to be drafted highly and you would go get drafted. Unfortunately, you didn't. And you stayed that extra year. Sometimes that you sometimes that means the NFL said, oh, you're not ready yet. OK, but we'll, we'll see. Um also, for wide receivers, once again, I said experience adjusted production rather than age, but yards per team yards per team pass attempt. Yep. So there was a great article that I shared with you about why this is maybe better than just looking at market share of receiving yards. I still look at market share of receiving uh-huh. yards. It's still an incredibly important metric, but yards per team pass attempt... Um, uh, Peter Howard's talked about this a lot lately, but uh, and I don't. I'm gonna have to look at who actually wrote this article that I did send you. Um, he doesn't have his name on it, so I don't know who it is. Uh, it's on Dynasty Daydream though. But they talked about uh, why receiving yards per team pass attempt matters. There's uh, most people are using it now, so this isn't the only article, but this is just one that I found to sort of send to you. But it, it does better at sort of contextualizing you as an individual player and not as much focused on those in your offense, right? So in this article, they do a phenomenal job at really showing, hey, what about wide receivers that play at a really good school with a lot of good competition? What if they, you know, what if that's why they weren't good, right? Mm -hmm. And then 
but also we would look at that same wide receiver and say, well, what if we drop them into a really bad school? Would they still have looked good? And it's like, this is why we would like receiving yards per team pass attempt instead of market share of receiving yards. Because if you have a really strong market share of receiving yards around high level talent, but receiving yards per team pass attempt would still be good or bad, regardless of which school you would be at, right? You would still be getting used the exact same way. It's just contextualizing the offense of saying just you and the quarterback, that relationship less focused on the others. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think it's, it's difficult to illustrate via uh, verbally, here but when you look at the article and it gives you some examples here where you're looking at like hey this guy's got 28 yard percent market share but he's got a 2.75 i'm gonna say ripta i know that you you don't like that but i'm (laughs) I'm gonna say it um yeah and then next example then you have a 32 percent market share but the ripta goes down even and Mm -hmm. be and the difference between the two is that in the first one it's high level competition the second one it's lesser competition but it didn't. He didn't stand out enough to to warrant that Ripta is what I'm guessing, is what the difference yeah. is there. So and, and so the thing the thing here is is that you know if we were just looking at market share of receiving yards, we would sit there and go, well, when he played with poor competition, he stood out more. Therefore, he must be really good. And this is a constant debate, right? We have these debates of we need to stop comparing you know Ohio State and Alabama wide receivers to. Purdue, right. you know, yep. David Bell, Rondell Moore. Um, but this is a good, this stat's a good way to sort of just contextualize the wide receiver themselves and their context within the offense, right? Right. Not, not as much of the noise that was coming from the rest of the players on the team, right? If you're a good player, you'll have a good receiving yards per team pass attempt, regardless of who else is in your team so that that's why i've really moved towards that um we'll we'll add I still this, use rec- i'm sorry what's that we'll, and what we'll do is we'll add this link to this article down here in the show notes too so everyone else can yeah. see illustrated and, and it's not like the best article in, in the world not no no offense to the author but i do think the really great thing that it does is it does a phenomenal job at really simply explaining to you why we should look at this stat and I think that's the best part about it. It's the part I like about it. It's why I've sort of switched over to it. But yeah, and, I, and it's not to say that I'm not using receiving yards per uh, market share of receiving yards. I still am, but everything's a piece to the puzzle. Right. They're all coming together to tell a story. So uh, yeah. So what what else do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about a different position? Um. I we can do running backs very fast. I can tell you that. Right okay, now. <laughs> let's let's talk about what what it is with running backs. Can I? I'm gonna guess it's pretty much all draft capital. It, it's it, so with running backs. If you're not a first or a second round running back, I really don't care about you. It, that sort of follows the same for uh, wide receivers. First and second round being ideal, and then third round, okay, not awesome. You're probably on my radar, but you're not in my top picks. And then after the third round, I'm completely ignoring you. Maybe you'll prove me wrong. Maybe I think Amon Ross St. Brown was a fourth round running back. I think it's wide receiver. I believe. 
Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Wide receiver, Amon Ross St. Brown, fourth round wide receiver, if I recall correctly. Yeah. But he proved me wrong. Yep. He proved the NFL wrong as well. I'm going to throw that out there. They probably should have drafted him earlier um, because he clearly showed that he's probably good. Um, so first, second round, ideally. Third round is fine. For running backs, first and second round only, basically. Unless you're a really good pass catching back, you're probably not on my radar after the second round. And I, th- um, I think it's I think it's worth noting that this is not to say that they're not going to be good. It's just we're mitigating risk here by trying to go for yeah. the people we think are going to hit the most. So that's... Yeah, it's all about... I, I, and Jacob Sanderson has talked a lot about this, a lot. If you haven't read his articles on thinking about thinking when we should, that's what they're called, thinking about thinking in prospect evaluation and range of outcomes. They're phenomenal. We are thinking in things of ranges of outcomes. I, I, I We could honestly throw those in the description too, because those are phenomenal and everybody should read them. Okay. But for running backs, obviously, draft capital. But Graham Barfield does yards created. He's done those for quite a few years now. They are very predictive, and he is very good at it. Um, if you want to you know, just Google Graham Barfield yards created, you'll find it. That's one of the important metrics to me. Lance Z grades. He's the guy that does the NFL.com uh, grades for all prospects. Um, some people have found success utilizing him uh his grades for all positions. I just, I just look at it for running backs. I, I, I'm not entirely convinced any other position is predictable from him, but his running back uh, grades are very good. Okay. The, the, if he says a running back is good, they're probably good. Um, and then market share of receiving yards for running backs. I just want to see that you're getting work. I, if you're getting work in the passing game, that's all I care about is that, you know, you catch passes, you, you probably can catch passes. You're probably good at it. So that that's the extent of that I'm really looking at. I'm not looking at any more efficiency beyond do you catch passes. <laughs> yep. Sounds good. Everyone loves pass catching backs. Yeah. I mean, it's funny this year we have Kenneth Walker, Brees Hall. Brees Hall is a pretty decent receiving profile. Kenneth Walker's receiving profile is non-existent. Um, but it's, the, the debates on those two are very funny because Kenneth Walker is a phenomenal uh, prospect when it comes to yards created. Oh, Graham Barfield says Kenneth Walker is a 90, like fifth percentile or something rusher, um, which means he's probably really good at it. <laughs> um, uh, since, since there's only one left, it's not going to take long. I know we're, we're really pushing the boundary here in terms of our time, but I'm just going to throw out tight ends are basically the same as, uh, wide receivers uh-huh. other than the fact that, uh, if you're not athletic, if you don't have a high relative athletic score, you're basically not on the radar. Jalen Weidemeyer, uh, effectively killed his entire draft profile by being, by rating very poorly in relative athletics. Really? Yep. Okay. Yep. There's there's enough data out there to tell us that tight ends above like a nine or a nine point five relative athletic score that they are the ones that are successful generally um, and consistently successful. So there's enough to tell us that that is probably a very important thing. Oh, so, all right then. Yep. Yeah, I like how this article too that you gave me from Establish the Run says that a lot of the athletic metrics for wide receiver are not important at all big distinction yeah i i don't care i honestly and this this may sound bad but there's so many things out there um that we get thrown that say 
does this metric matter? There's so many questions. Does this metric matter? And for the most part, the answer is no, it doesn't. Like 90% of the metrics that we try and create, they're just, they're, they're just not successful. They're not important. Like, um, for example, uh, someone, there was a Twitter thread going around recently about contested catches for wide receiver prospects. Mm-hmm. And the top five were like JJ Ortega white side, uh, Nikhil Harry and a few other bust. And then Drake London. Oh, I saw this. And it's, and it's like, yeah. Okay. But only one of those people was a really good prospect. And that was Nikhil Harry. And two, we're talking about an extremely small sample. And this is what I always default to when someone's like, does this concern you? Are you worried about this contested catch thing? Or does this worry you? Or does that worry you? And I will just default to say, if the NFL doesn't care, neither do I. Right? Yep. David Bell was a contested catch wide receiver. Most people said he was very slow. Right? And people were like, does that worry you? And I said, if the NFL doesn't care, neither do I. So if David Bell gets second round draft capital, I'm going to really like David Bell. Yeah. If he gets third, well, okay, I'm a little less, a little more cautious because the NFL has told me something about the difference between David Bell's play style and Drake London's play style. Even though they're both kind of contested catch wide receivers, the NFL is telling me that something that Drake London is doing is better than what David Bell is doing. And these guys get paid. These guys, this is a you know multi-billion dollar industry. You'd think like they have dialed it into the point where they're like, yeah, we're going to figure out how to make as much money as possible, right? So I am starting to see the wisdom in that, you know, the the notion that these are a bunch of um, old chuckleheads that, you know, <laughs> had like an idea of what football was from the 60s and just want to you know bring that back to the forefront. No, it's not it anymore. Like these guys know what they're talking about. So I'm starting to buy into more and more of the idea that, you know, if the NFL, if the NFL says that that's probably going to be someone that's going to work out, I'm inclined to agree with them. So, yeah, I mean, and, and this kind of gets back to like the idea of using film scores, right? Like, I am not a film evaluator. I don't evaluate film, right? But I know that Lance Z does, and I know that Graham Barfield does, mm-hmm. and I know that they have shown sustained success at doing so. Therefore, I opt to them when it comes to running back film grades, right? Or when it comes to wide receivers or quarterbacks, right? I have the things that I say matter. But if you just looked up a list of the best wide receivers in any one metric, you're going to see a lot of bad players. (laughs) Because ultimately, the NFL draft capital is a film grade. That is the NFL's film grade, which is arguably the most important of them all. (laughs) You know what? I have never thought about it that way. That is an excellent way to think about it. So... Yep. Awesome. I love that perspective change there. Thank you. Um, so I know, I know, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about the things that I've changed. Have you changed anything real quick before we, before we wrap up here? Have you sort of thought I'd like to do this more or change how I do this? Anything at all? Yeah. I think my main change here has been, um, I know this is going to sound weird, but shut mouth, you know, and open my ears more. Because I think that the the time where I made a lot of my money and, and, and was able to be really successful in fantasy by doing my own film analysis 
and doing it and doing most of my drafting and whatnot based off of that. I don't think that would the 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 landscape has changed drastically enough so that you can't. It's not 2018 anymore. You can't do that anymore. There's too many other resources that are better predictive model. Uh, they're they're far better than what I could do. I'm not a film analyst. I'm just a guy, right? Um, so why if if you don't if you don't you know up your game it's not gonna you're not gonna see the same success. So I think that's the yep. major change that I've been is finding those smaller guys that know what that have been able to get the signal from the noise and look at what they're putting out and make your own predictions and make your own decisions based off of that. Basically learning how to have a process is has been what I have been changing. So that's why I'm really interested in having these conversations with you because I'm not, I'm sure I'm not the only one that is having a difficult time because there's a whole bunch of like sports illustrated or ESPN articles that are trying to talk about a process. And I'm sure that, that that's some sort of like diluted or, you know, <clears throat> derived process. But the guys that are like in the forefront of the whole industry and in analyzing, especially these uh, dynasty prospects, that's a far more interesting conversation because I feel like that's what Sports Illustrated and ESPN are going to be talking about next off season. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> the conversation's happening now in Twitter, basically right now, right? So, yeah. or these smaller things like um, uh, establish the run. I just it this that website has only gotten better like since I he started it what like a year or two ago something like that. It has only gotten better. I'm I'm constantly impressed with it so i think that's been my major change um and also just stepping back and realizing like i am not the same fantasy player i was four years or right i have to change like you don't want to be yeah. the same so i think that's the biggest well, that thing. was the point of this episode it is for both of us to take a step back and say what have we been doing and do we think it's been successful? What do we want to change, right? We can change processes, right? Because we're learning more and we're seeing what others are doing and finding success and, and being successful with it ourselves. That's the goal here. So um, I, I think I think you put that all really well. I, re I really liked how you put all of that. I mean, uh, I'll always opt to my favorite sports movie, Moneyball, where uh, <laughs> Brad Pitt's character, Billy Bean, says, adapt or die. Um, yep. So, that I mean, that's what we're doing, is we're continuing to adapt to new information. And that, that's... That's just that's just growing. Yep. All right, well, Boots. Hey, thanks so much again. I'm really happy to be having this put back together again. We're both at a relative point of, you know, relative stability, I guess. So yeah, it's, it's nice to be able to start to have these conversations again. So uh, why don't you send us off here? All right. Well, uh, you can find me at Boots Fantasy on Twitter. I'm also in uh, our our Discord that'll be linked in the description of this episode as well. And you can find me at Dr. Trash Dad on Twitter. That's D-R Trash Dad. So until next time, everybody. Yep. See ya.